MSW Media. News And welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, April 26th, 2021. Today, prosecutors are expecting at least 100 more arrests and charges in the insurrection investigation. The Matt Gates campaign is in full damage control mode, according to new documents, as the investigation expands to include illegal pay-for-play. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken will allow U.S. embassies to fly the pride flag. Biden withdraws the former guy's proposal restricting transgender people in homeless shelters. And the city of Albuquerque has referred the Trump campaign to a collections agency. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. <laughs> Dana, your, your, your hometown there, turning I'm, them in. <laughs> I'm looking at the script and I feel like you specifically picked out my stories for me today. <laughs> I specifically did. <laughs> You've got a lot of really good news stories uh, with regards to the former guy and, and some new, you know, there's a new sheriff in town. So it's, uh, it's good news. And uh, also, you know, we don't have Secretary of State Mike Pompeo anymore, uh, which is wonderful. I mean, there's just so so many good things that are happening. Uh, and also, this is going to be a really, really fun show. I'm going to be joined later by Jane Lynch, uh, who has just been a longtime hero of mine and, and uh, just a, a, an inspiration. And, you know, she's marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and she hosts uh, The Weakest Link now. She's the host for that show. Mm-hmm. And I remember the I remember the old one's such a good show. And uh, I mean, just I mean, there's nine million credits we could we could go through for for Jane Lynch. But just what a what an amazing person she's going to be talking about the direct relief charity, which is a really incredible charity. And uh, it's a funny story how I ran into her because, you know, I I had tweeted this old game uh, that I picked up uncredited meme uh, about you know, how to come up with your NPR reporting name. I saw that. That thing went viral fast. Yeah. And it, it uh, the original author reached out to me. I never thought I'd be able to find who, where that meme originated from. But uh, Jenny, her, it's at Jenny Vander on Twitter. And she's like, yeah. And so we've become friends now. She's she's amazing. And she also wanted to give a shout out to the Trevor Project, which she, she does a lot of activism nice. for. Nice for that charity, which is just an incredible uh, organization. And so that discussion with Jane is, is coming up later. It's truly amazing. She's just such a wonderful human being. And uh, of course, every Tuesday and Thursday, you can find me on the Stereo app at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern on uh, Thursdays with, with you, Dana, and then on Tuesdays with Andrew Torres. So it's super fun. Um, it's like a little Ask Me Anything. You can interact with us, ask us questions, sing us songs. We have a limericist. Oh, my, she's so good. <laughs> Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, she she outdoes the limericist from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I'll tell you what, it's really, really good. Um, so I look forward to that as well. But we do have a lot of headlines today. So let's, <laughs> I can't wait for some of these stories. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Okay, the top story today comes from Reuters. And they say that the U.S. Justice Department expects to charge at least 100 more people, at least 100 more, for taking part in the deadly attack on the U.S. Capitol, signaling that prosecutors are far from finished investigating uh, the attack that a judge on Thursday called an act of terrorism. And I was I was glad that a judge actually used that word. 
in relation to the insurrection. Federal prosecutors said in a court filing on Thursday that, quote, over 400 individuals have been charged in connection with the Capitol attack. The investigation continues and the government expects that at least 100 additional individuals will be charged. The Justice Department has made the disclosure in a set of similar court filings asking judges to postpone deadlines in pending prosecutions. Uh, The investigation, this is a quote, the investigation and prosecution of the Capitol Hill attack will likely be one of the largest in American history, both in terms of the number of defendants prosecuted and the nature and volume of the evidence. That's what the court filing says. A magistrate judge in the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia describes the attack as an act of terrorism during a court hearing. That was the court hearing was for Charles Donahoe or Donahue. I think it's Donahoe. Mm-hmm. That might be an error on, on the part of Reuters. But that's a leader of the Proud Boys. Quote, the acts alleged in the indictment would meet, in my view, the statutory definition of a federal crime of terrorism. That's what U.S. Magistrate Judge Michael Harvey said, uh, adding that the attack struck at the very heart of our democracy. And that's true both figuratively and literally. Indeed. The FBI is increasingly focused on suspects with ties to right-wing extremist groups, including the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys. More than 40 members or associates of those two groups have been arrested and charged so far. And the Reuters here says a founding member of the Oath Keepers last week became the first person to plead guilty to taking part in the riot. And prosecutors have said other defendants are in plea discussions. And I'd like to add something here that Reuters missed. Uh, Reuters says he became the first person to plead guilty. Um, I want to add that that's the first person we know that we know of right. to plead guilty. A cooperator, his name is Schaefer. He's the guitarist for Iced Earth. <laughs> and uh, I have a feeling that there are other cooperators. And we only know about this one because the prosecutors accidentally filed it publicly on the public docket instead of under seal as they meant to. So they're copping to this cooperator. Uh, but I suspect there's at least four more. And the reason I say four is because that's based on the number of other filings under seal or that are designated as information charges as opposed to indictments. And, and you know, we talked about information charges being somebody waiving their right to indictment. Uh, it doesn't always necessarily mean that they're cooperating, uh, but it, it's a good indicator. So yeah. I think that there are quite a few people cooperating in this investigation. You know, I know it's going slowly for some, but I, I tell you what, there's a lot still going on behind the scenes that we don't know about um, because of things like this. Like they can't, hopefully some of these people have pled guilty and they're, they're looking to flip bigger fish. So let's all be patient with that. I think more things are going to happen as well. Um, more good news for the LGBTQ community from this administration. The Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, has issued a blanket authorization for U.S. diplomatic outposts around the world to fly the pride flag on the same flagpole, the same flagpole as the U.S. flag at their embassy or consulate showcasing support for the LGBTQ rights. The directive marks a departure, as we know from the how the former guy's administration handled any matter that had to do with LGBTQ people. Um, but this one specifically, while the State Department was run by former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. In a confidential cable reviewed by foreign policy and sent to diplomatic posts around the world, Blanken gave authority for diplomats to fly the pride flag before May 17th, which marks the International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia, as well as June, which, as most of us know, is the United States and many other places, countries marks 
Pride Month. So flying the pride flag at the U.S. embassies became a point of contention during the former guy's error when, under Pompeo, the State Department blocked embassies' requests. These were requests from other embassies. This wasn't us trying to push something on other embassies, you know, but they, they blocked their request to fly the flag on some of the flagpoles as the U.S. banner. And diplomats were told they could display pride symbols elsewhere in the embassies, but not on the flagpoles. So some U.S. embassies worked around the, the former guy's directive. The U.S. embassy in South Korea, for instance, displayed a large pride flag on its facade rather than on a flagpole and later, re- later removed the flag at the same time as the State Department ordered it to remove a Black Lives Matter banner. And more good news from the Biden administration on Thursday as they withdrew a rule proposed by the former guy's administration that would have allowed single-sex homeless shelters to exclude transgender people from facilities that correspond with their gender identity. Now, the rule was part of a broad government-wide effort by the Trump administration to impose restrictions on civil rights for transgender people. This was even after the Supreme Court ruling affirming protections for gay and transgender workers. So Biden had broadly exerted the power of his office to freeze an and or overturn some of those restrictions almost immediately. It was actually day one after taking office. And they said, we're taking a critical step in affirming HUD's commitment that no person be denied access to housing or other critical services because of their gender identity, Marsha Fudge said. And she's now the housing secretary. Thank goodness. Um, she said that of the rule withdrawal in a statement, and I quote, HUD is open for business for all. Now, the action represented a stark change in policy uh, to the housing department, which said under the former guy's administration last year that the rule would allow shelters to base admissions on biological sex, adding that the rule change would accommodate the, quote, religious beliefs of shelter providers. Mm. So many, so much bigotry disguised as religious belief. Indeed. And the false information and just disinformation campaign, even by the press about the trans community and crimes committed by, which don't happen. Like men are not you, they're, they're basically saying this This is the argument that men are going to dress up as women and, and go into the shelters, uh, which are safe havens for women. Or first of all, if you accept trans women or women, this whole argument is moot. So that's the thing. And secondly, it, it's just not happening. They're, they're, it's just a fear tactic from the right. And I'm so tired of the bullshit. <laughs> I'm so tired of it. Yeah. And, and, and trans women are the <laughs> survivors of, of violence. Indeed. They're not perpetrators. So... It's it's absolutely disgusting, and I'm glad it's over. Um, one one just an, a list, a long list of things that we have to unfuck in this country. And, that's <laughs> and uh, now, big scoop from Roger Sullenberger at the Daily Beast: the latest campaign finance report for Matt Gates is out, and it reflects a public relations scramble that began even before he acknowledged being the focus of a federal investigation. Whoopsie, which he knew last December, yeah. right? Because that's when they seized his iPhone. Uh, and maybe even sooner than that, but we know for sure it was at least in December. The filing, this this FEC filing, covers three months, from January to March, and shows Gates has incurred unprecedented fundraising expenses during a typically quiet period. In that time, Gates dropped six figures on direct mailers and shelling out more for fundraising services than he did in all of 2020 combined. Gates also paid $5,000 in strategic consulting fees to Roger Stone. Was it through Venmo? <laughs> Did he Venmo yeah. Stone for those? He <laughs> <laughs> put the ass in the memo. Uh, and he gave money to a number of GOP Florida state lawmakers that he's never supported before. 
The report also indicates Gates, who cites his lack of friends in Washington as a point of pride, (laughs) is very isolated right now. He's received no contributions from his GOP colleagues in Congress, the ones that have given him money in the past. Nothing in this three months. And more than anything, the filing reflects a concerted effort to bolster support ahead of the creeping shadow of the investigation, as Sullenberger puts it. Gates has spent roughly 170000 bucks on direct mailers. That's 116000 in one day. $116,000 of it in one day, March 31st. That's the day after the New York Times first reported he was being investigated for sex trafficking. Huh. Last week, Politico also reported that Gates recently spent six figures on TV ads pushing back against these accusations. These are 30-second television spots slated to run in his Panhandle home district and on select national cable networks, asking supporters to fight back against a multi-week fake news cycle targeting CNN specifically. Uh, but that it's that five thousand uh, dollars in strategic political co- political consulting fees to Drake Ventures that really raises eyebrows. Drake Ventures, as you know, is a Roger Stone joint. Uh, it sounds familiar because we reported last week that the Department of Justice is suing Stone and his wife for using Drake Ventures to shelter more than a million bucks they owed in taxes. <laughs> <laughs> The campaign said Stone's company on March 24th, just days before Gates's father held that in-person meeting with a former DOJ prosecutor, according to a person familiar with the meeting, uh, in a bizarre March 31st interview with with Tuck, Tucker Carlson. That was just uh, hilarious to watch. G- Gates claimed his father recorded that conversation at the direction and behest of the FBI, alleging without evidence that the former prosecutor was at the center of a con- convoluted scheme to extort the congressman. But there was no payoff. There was you have to. <laughs> <laughs> in order to extort someone, you have to say, you know, give me money or I'll do a thing. He didn't have a, I'll do a thing. There right. was no <laughs> no threat. So that's not really extortion. They're really bad at this. They're really bad at this. Yeah. And the Gates campaign, by the way, has never, ever paid Drake Ventures until that day. Uh, the report also shows, like I said, how much people really hate Matt Gates, especially in his own party. So far, he has reported, again, no financial support from friends in Congress he got money from last year. They're avoiding him like the plague. Uh, Gates did, however, send out $1,000 donations to five Florida Republican senators on January 26th. Gates has never donated to any of their campaigns before. <laughs> With a little memo in Venmo that just says, please like me. <laughs> Can I get an applause, please? Please like me. Uh, One of the contributions reflects Gates' ties to Greenberg, his longtime friend who's been indicted and is now uh, cooperating against him. Uh, The contribution went to Jason Brodeur, a longtime Gates ally who was also uh, close with Greenberg through GOP circles. Guaranteed these guys were at those parties with him. What do you want to bet? Oh, yeah. You know, when the the girls told CNN, you know, there were these sex and drug sex and drugs parties over at, you know, at a gated community. And we had to give up our phones at the door and it was all Republican dudes. I guarantee you these contributions went to people who could put him at those parties. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's my that's just beans. it's a little hush hush as low if you could just keep it on the down low that'd be great thanks bye yeah now you know brodeur's campaign drew close scrutiny uh, drew scrutiny for dirty tricks including that sham candidate scheme mm-hmm. so he got he got money too hmm uh, brodeur has denied involvement and went on to win that race now representing greenberg's seminal county as the state level uh, and Gates has continued to rack up legal fees, a uh, pattern established around last summer, the time the DOJ investigation was launched. This says to me that he knew last summer that he was being investigated. 
The Daily Beast reported earlier this month that weeks after Greenberg was indicted in June 2020, Gates paid the law firm Venable LLP 38,000 bucks, nearly four times the combined amount of legal fees incurred in the previous five years. The new filing reveals 21000 of the payment to Venable in February, bringing the total legal expenses to $85,000 since Greenberg was charged. Now, I do have one other quick story on Gates uh, to, to tell you about. Uh, this is from uh, CNN. I think the first to report it was the Orlando Sentinel. But federal authorities are now looking into whether that 2018 trip to the Bahamas ah. uh, for Matt Gates was a, a gift to influence Gates in the area of medical cannabis. Now, prosecutors with the Justice Department Public Public Integrity Section are examining whether Gates took gifts, including travel and sex, in exchange for political favors. Because Gates' proposal uh, for, for medical cannabis was pretty much word for word what his friend uh, Pirazzolo, remember hand surgeon Gefella? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, wanted, because he's, he's kind of in that business. So uh, that could be a very, very big problem. Uh, you aren't allowed to accept, do pay for play. But even, even you know, gift baskets exceeding $1,000 are, are frowned upon. And illegal to, to, to get something done, a policy done that you want done. And the fact that it's the, 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 his policy and his bill, his proposed legislation is word for word what this Pirazzolo <clears throat> guy wanted right after they went to the Bahamas together. Ooh, not looking good. So it seems a little sketchy. A little sketchy. Yeah. Oh, I love this next story. It's from a hometown of Albuquerque, New Mexico. The city of <laughs> I Albuquerque, I know, has referred the former guy's campaign <laughs> to a collection agency. It's just so fun to say. Uh, the city's seeking approximately two hundred thousand dollars following the president's rally in Rio Rancho in two thousand nineteen. Albuquerque Mayor Tim Keller said the bill covers security costs that stem from the former president staying in a downtown Albuquerque hotel overnight. Just overnight. The security cost included blocking off all parts of downtown, paying police officers overtime, and covering the paid time of, of expenses of city workers who had to stay home. Just really interesting. He said we actually treated it like any other debt. And so it goes through a somewhat process where... Uh, you send a bunch of letters out, Keller said. We got no responses from those letters. And then automatically, it goes to an agency that helps try and collect debts. And so that's those annoying phone calls you get that say, you know, you owe money to so-and-so. Like now, Trump is getting those. So they're actually (laughs) calling the former guy's cell phone (laughs) and saying, hey, I want to talk to you about that car. (laughs) Oh, man. Your car warranty. Now, most of America found out that the debt, about the debt, when Keller appeared on The Daily Show to talk about the bill, literally went on to talk about this bill that he owed. Now, despite the newfound attention to the bill, Keller doesn't expect the collection agency to get any money out of the former guy. No shit. He said, given what else has happened, I mean, in terms of even his own campaign owing money to donors and lots of shady stuff there. So unfortunately, I don't really expect us to get paid. Uh, said, but it's more important that we do. And, you know, we would do it for anyone else. So he's no different. Basically, he's like, we would have sent this to collections for anyone else. But there had to have been some moment of joy when it happened to have been for the former guy, AG. <laughs> Can you imagine working at that collection agency calling <laughs> Trump's cell phone? Like, there's probably like shit going on in that office. Like, who's got the Trump call today? Fuck yeah. High five. <laughs> oh, my God. What do you think that message sounds like? Hey, uh, I can't come to the phone. I mean, so is this my is this a landline? Leave a message. Uh, some 
somebody. I can't even imagine what the former guy's message sounds like. Hello, you've reached the offices of official Donald Trump. Seal goes here. Uh, please leave a message. I'm at the omelet bar. Uh, thank you. Hilarious. Uh, and as we know, Biden will be addressing a joint session of Congress this week. I'll be covering it live with Zev Shalev of Narrative. And you can watch that Wednesday. That's this Wednesday, April 28th at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Just tune to our Twitter feeds at Narrative TV and at Daily Beans Pod. And we'll also be on YouTube, but you'll be able to find the link to the stream on uh, our, our Twitter feeds. That's narr- It's called the, the Narrative Special Report, the first 100 days. And that's this Wednesday, again, 6 Pacific. You can find it in the feed that night on our Twitter feed. So joining me next to talk about how she feels about Biden first 100 days in office is Jane Lynch. You do not want to miss this interview. Stay with us. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and today's episode of The Beans is brought to you by Nuts. Nuts Nuts.com, the best-kept secret of savvy snackers across the country. Nuts.com has the most amazing variety of high-quality, delicious snacks available, like white chocolate toffee cashews, which are so good, bourbon pecans, crystallized ginger and honey sesame sticks. And Nuts.com isn't just for nut lovers. It is your one-stop online pantry shop as well. They have so many different kinds of yummy snacks and pantry items available. They have candies, dried fruits, and pantry items like baking mixes, pasta, and more. I love discovering new things on their site. I found baking items, items for smoothies, rolled oats, beans, and of course, nuts. So many delicious snacks. Nuts.com is a simple and convenient way to have nutritious, delicious, healthy nuts, dried fruit, flowers, grains, and so many other high-quality foods delivered straight to your door. With over 4,000 products to choose from, Nuts.com is your one-stop online pantry shop. They even have gluten-free and vegan options, as well as healthy, kid-friendly snacks like dried strawberries, which are so good, and custom trail mixes, plus all the raw, organic, roasted, salted, and candied nuts you can imagine, even chocolate-dipped. Nuts.com is a family-run business, which I love, and it takes pride in getting you the freshest. So check out their easy-to-navigate website and all the great photos of their products. Delivery is fast. The quality is incredible. Most orders ship the same day, by the way. So newnuts.com customers get free shipping on your first order when you text BEANS to 64000. And remember, you support our show when you support our sponsors. So please text BEANS to 64000 to get free shipping on your first order at nuts.com. That's BEANS, B-E-A-N-S, to 64000. Text that to 64000. Terms apply. Available at nuts.com slash terms. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by actress and comedian and activist. You've seen her in The Good Fight, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and The Weakest Link. She hosts The Weakest Link, Jane Lynch. Jane, welcome to The Daily Beans. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to actually meet you because I'm such a fan of your pod. You must stop. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) oh, I won't. I I have this internal, uh, you know, um, imposter syndrome, and it's hard for me to take compliments. And then also, meanwhile, fangirling, because I'm talking to Jane Lynch right now. So this is going to be an interesting interview. Well, just psychologically, just what I can pick up about you is that I see that you have that imposter syndrome. I'm here to tell you that you can let that go. Okay. All right. Jane Lynch. I'm I'm writing a note here. Let that. Let it. Let that go. You know, that helps. Good. That really does. Um, I wanted to bring you on today because we ran into each other on the internet playing a game, um, an old game that uh, Jenny Vander came up with years ago. And uh, you can follow her on Twitter too at Jenny Vander. She's um, she wants everyone to uh, give it. She first of all, she wanted to say she loves you and she that you're incredible. But also, if you have anything to give to the Trevor Project, she wants to to to, mm-hmm. to reach out to them as well. But it was the uh, the game is uh, your favorite pattern plus 
a deceased singer-songwriter is your NPR name. And so I was I was Herringbone Buckley, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had a good time playing that game on the internet. Ran into you, and then I said, you know, I would love to have you on the show. And you said, oh, I love the show. I'll come on the show. And so here we are. I'm very excited. That's exactly how it happened. That is the truth. And here we are. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you today about a couple of things. Um, this week... Biden will be addressing uh, Congress for uh, this is the first hundred days address. And by the way, for the first time in history, Jane, there will be two women sitting in those chairs behind him. I know. Isn't that great? Uh, just wonderful. Pelosi and Kamala. Mm-hmm. Vice President Harris. I love mm-hmm. that. And it was only 14 years ago that Pelosi became the first woman to sit back there. I remember that well. Remember that well. I remember her taking that gavel and kind of making that face like I finally got <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a, that was an incredible moment. Uh, and I wanted to know what your thoughts were on Biden's first hundred days. There's a Wall Street Journal poll out. He's got and an Ipsos poll anywhere from a 53 to 58 percent approval rating, which is high, huge. Yes. Sixty nine percent approval for his handling of the pandemic over 52 percent for the economy, 52 percent for uniting the country and 49 percent for race relations. Uh, what are your uh, top line thoughts on the first hundred days he's been he's been a president? I'm, I'm so impressed. I'm relieved. Um, I'm able to uh, uh, wake up in the morning and not <gasps> think what what horrible thing has happened um, since I put Twitter down last night. I think what I like best about him, what he's doing is that he's, he's rather stealthy about the whole thing. He's not patting himself on the back. The contrast is just unbelievable to the former guy. He's doing the work that he has to do. He has a lot of people around him who are very smart and they're uh, service minded. They're public service minded and they're doing the job. Uh, he's exceeded his um, uh, uh, his goal for vaccinations. He's at 200 million. He said 100 million. We're at 200 million. I still haven't heard Dan Crenshaw say that he's impressed. And he said he would say he would come up publicly and say, well, I'm impressed if he did 200 million. We didn't hear from him. Not surprising. Um, he's uh, he's making really strong, bold moves and he's doing it without begging the Republicans to join him. Um, he's taking advantage of the situation. I, I wish he, I don't know, he, he can't do this, but I, I really wish we can get rid of the filibuster just for now as we write our ship. And I feel like he is writing the ship. And um, of course, now that makes me think, dear God, we've got to keep this going in 2022. And um, But for right now, for the 100 days, let's just stay where we are. Let us give thanks that, you know, he's really effective. He knows how it works. And, and, you know, I was not a fan. I was I was a little disheartened when I saw he was going to be the nominee. You know, you jump on the bandwagon and I am so happy I did because and I'm so happy it happened um, because it looks like it, 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 it is a case of the man meeting the moment. And he surely has. Yeah. As you know, I was a, a Warren supporter. Elizabeth Warren was mm-hmm. my was my horse in the race. Yep. And um he was fourth or fifth down the list. Well, maybe third. I I don't remember. There were eight hundred people running for president. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, I was wrong. He's he's mm-hmm. the man for the moment. He's doing an incredible job. Uh, and I yeah. think it's interesting too what he's kind of done with the Republicans here because this is this is a pattern now, where he'll be working on some sort of huge legislation like the American Rescue Plan. Uh, he'll to to appease centrist democrats like joe manchin and and kirsten cinema i don't even know what she's doing i mean either she's not a serious person that's for sure no she's she's i i i'm very upset with her her 
sitting there sipping a sangria with a fuck off ring on like, mm, oh, you don't like me? Mm, ta ta. Like you're a senator. Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. Um, that's something I would do. Uh, no. <laughs> you're not a senator, <laughs> but I'm not no, a senator. you wouldn't do it, Alison Gill. I can't imagine you doing it. You're right. You're right. Um, but it would be okay if someone like me did it. It's not a senator. Yeah. Uh, so, so what he'll do, what Joe will do is, well, first of all, he he went to this did budget reconciliation. So you don't need any Republicans, correct, to to do those to get those passed. Then he went to the parliamentarian and got a couple more. Oh, wasn't that wonderful? Uh, things that he could do budget reconciliation for so he can get this infrastructure bill through. I'm sure that uh, Mansion and Cinema will water it down as much as they can. Uh, but it's easier to get them on board than it is to get 10 Republicans on board. Uh, impo- that's an impossibility. Yeah. So what Joe will do is he'll invite a bunch of Republicans to the White House. And he did this with the American Rescue Plan. He's done it with the the infrastructure plan. Come on. Come on in. Tell me your <laughs> ideas. Come on in, and they'll they ev- both times they took a two trillion dollar bill and proposed a six hundred billion dollar bill, right. uh, less than a third of of what Joe wanted to spend because they and they also don't think infrastructure includes human people, and they probably wouldn't vote for it anyway. Even if they got what they wanted, they wouldn't vote for it anyway. And he knows that. Yeah, they did that to us uh, in the, during the Affordable Care Act. Mm-hmm. We we did that with budget reconciliation. We listened to their ideas. We actually put their amendments in the bill with their promise to vote for it, and then they turned around and didn't vote for it. Um, so that's his thing, he, and that's his. You know, hey, I invited him. I asked him. They said they were. They brought up some like really dumb stuff, so we're going to do it without him. So he he goes through the motions. He goes through his due process. I think he's doing a wonderful job. And he's a he's a, he's a he's a, 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 a he's not a small person. So he's he he's got a strong enough sense of himself that he doesn't feel diminished by any of this stuff. Whereas you know we saw the extreme opposite before. I hate to keep bringing him up, but there is such a, a, a contrast here. And also I also like to put light on the fact that this is really a good person. This guy, he's a he's a he's a good person, and um, I think we're really lucky to have him. But go ahead. Yeah, no, the humility is mm-hmm. such a stark difference. Um, uh, and and you know, like you said, after I put Twitter down at night, go to sleep. A, a year ago, I I would wake up terrified, wondering what what happens today. Yeah. Um, uh, but now I wake up and I think about stuff I have to do and and things that are on my agenda and and we're opening back up slowly but surely and safely and what what you know what am I going to do am I going to go back on the road and uh, and it's just a, it's wonderful to have the freedom to have those thoughts yeah it is it shows how much we we took them well you know you don't something like this has to happen for you to realize you've taken something for granted and. And that's what I feel, too. I feel like I'm really glad that I got I'm in New York now. I live in L.A. I took my first airplane flight in a year. So it's been great. Uh, Yeah. And and we never looked forward to flying to New York before. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. I couldn't wait to get on that plane. That's a a bear of a flight. But how wonderful. Mm -hmm. How wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have to take a quick break. But will you stick around with me? I certainly will. Thank you. Everybody will be right back. Hold on. Hey, everybody, it's AG for The Beans. I have tried every omega-3 supplement on the market, and my favorite by far is Iwi. Iwi's secret is algae. It's on a whole different level than plain fish oil. Algae is the original and best source of omega-3. It's where fish and krill get their omega-3. And with Iwi, you skip the middle fish, and you skip that nasty fish taste, too. Uh, You know how oil and water don't mix? Well, that's what happens in your bodies with fish oil. But Iwi's proprietary form of algae leads to 50% more absorption than fish, krill, and other algae oils. It's the world's highest absorption rate of any 
any omega-3. Don't be fooled by fishy imitators. Not all algae is created equal either. Ewe's patented formula goes straight to your bloodstream. More absorption, more health benefits. In a clinical study, Ewe cholesterol helped reduce bad VLDL cholesterol by 25% on average in just three months. That is amazing. And to top it all off, Ewe's products are plant-based, sustainably sourced, and farmed in the United States. Give Ewe a try. You're going to love it as much as I do. That's why I've arranged for listeners to get this amazing offer you can only get here. For a limited time, you can save 30% on your first purchase. That's huge. By going to ewelife.com slash dailybeans. Use promo code dailybeans at checkout too. So there's a URL and a promo code. And be sure to watch the really cool video that shows how Ewe is better absorbed by our bodies. That's ewelife, I-W-I-L-I-F-E dot com slash dailybeans and then promo code dailybeans at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. ewelife.com slash dailybeans, promo code dailybeans. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Everybody, welcome back. We are talking with Jane Lynch today. Thank you so much. I'm honored to have you uh, on the show. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about direct relief. This is uh, when I, when you and I ran into each other on Twitter, I went over, I immediately went to your page to see your bio, to see if I could write up a um, some intro- introduction credits. But there it was, direct relief. And I, I looked into it. Can you tell, tell us a little bit about this charity? Sure. Um, Direct Relief is an organization that brings relief to people all over the world, not just the United States. And they're, what I love about them is they're so stealthy. They don't um, throw parades for themselves. They don't uh, advertise. And they're quite effective. They have all of their own equipment. They have their own plane. They have their own. Um, they've even eliminated the middleman in um, pharmaceuticals. They have their own um, medicines, uh, and it's a huge warehouse in Santa Barbara, California, run by this wonderful guy named Thomas Tig, who's a friend of mine and a neighbor. And uh, they've been around since about 1948, and they are effective. They help people out wherever in the world there's a crisis. And so I've been a big fan of this organization. I've gotten to know them. Um, I, uh, you know, they don't uh, do fundraising, but they have corporate partners who see what great work they do and they will donate. Like here's something that uh, happened in the last couple of years. One of the things they found out about refugees is that one of the biggest uh, injuries they get are, are um, uh, wounds on their feet, which are very, very hard to um, uh, uh, to fix and to to um, heal. So uh, they found that Vaseline worked very well. So they contacted Vaseline and Vaseline not only sent them a lot of product, but they became partners and gave them a huge financial um, donation. So this is why they don't have to have advertising and they don't have to go on television and they can just focus on the work that needs to be done. It's a very humble, um, stealthy, uh, effective organization. And they help with all kinds of, of, of different issues too, right? It's It's not sort of a singular uh, thing. No, it's food, medicine. Uh, you know, we had uh, uh, the mudslides in Santa Barbara. They were right there in their, their own backyard. They, uh, you know, came to bring relief. Um, they were there in uh, Haiti uh, for the earthquake, and they are very much a part of the COVID relief all over the world, bringing um, n- not only medicines and uh, um, uh, uh, ventilators, but vaccines. So they're, um, you know, they're doing some really great work. Yeah. And we just learned um, at first, Joe Biden, who we were talking about in the in the first part in the first segment there, wasn't going to raise the number of refugees, uh, the, the cap of refugees allowed into the country. There was huge public outcry mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. And 
humble Mr. Biden said, oh, wow, you're right. I'm going to raise it. It looks like this is what the American people want. I did a wrong thing. I'm going to do the right thing. And he didn't even say that much about it. He just did it. Yeah, he's stealthy, too, isn't he? He's just doing what he has to do. You know, you could also criticize him, which I'm not going to do here. But um, his heart is always in the right place. And he wants he's a true patriot. He wants what's best for the country. Yeah. And so uh, a little bit before we were, you know, we were recording, we were talking about some of the ills of of the Republican Party and what's going on. I mean, we, just recently we passed by a huge, I mean, 94 to 1, the COVID hate crime act uh, because of the, you know, the anti-Asian American and Pacific Islander hate that's been happening since the former guy started it, basically. Um, particularly, I mean, he started it with relation to COVID. Uh, and so Howley, Josh Howley, the only lone senator to vote against it. Yeah, well, what a clown. Uh, this is a guy who is really risking it all. Uh, he's risking his entire career, and he's, he thinks it so far it's paid off. He's raised a lot of money. He's going to be um, he's going to be someone who stands for grievance. He, he has no interest in governing. He is only ambitious, and he's found his people in the MAGAs. Well, we'll see how much he's found them. I, I don't know that he'll be president, and I think that's his goal. But he's going, he's, he's all in. He's got uh, both feet in, and he's going to be that guy who will be trolling and uh, working against things that are, are good for us. He will, he's going to work against them, and he's found out the power of grievance. He saw that from Trump. Trump uh, unleashed this great permission to feel aggrieved and outraged and resentful. And that there's a lot of power there. And it's a delicious feeling for a lot of people. And you give them permission for that and empower them for that. You you got them for life, it looks like. Yeah. And I know that so many times um, we had brought up during the former guy's administration, like, oh, thank God he's stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if he were shrewd, um, we would we would be headed in in a really really terrifying direction and that's and you know we the reason we want to hold the former administration accountable for their wrongdoing is because we want to deter it from happening again and when we think about the next smarter guy that's who i see in howley and that's why he terrifies me yeah me too we have to show him that it's not worth it and um you know i have hope and faith in merrick garland and the doj that there will start being some arrests and some or some indictments, some you know where these folks that were involved in that insurrection and also the buffoonery that went on during the Trump um, administration that uh, it's um, the wrongs are righted and that people see you know you you cannot get away with this and not you are, nobody is above the law nobody yeah and we have to we have to keep in mind too that a lot of the stuff you know why why hasn't trump been indicted for those obstruction of justice charges why ha- why is it taking so long well because of the republicans merrick garland didn't take his job until 10 march and we still don't have any new biden us attorneys uh, having been hired yet they're all still either acting or have resigned from the former guy or are still in place from the former guy so we have to kind of i mean you know, justice is a slow roll, unfortunately. Yeah. Do the U.S. attorneys have to be Senate approved? Uh, well, I think so. Yeah. There, well, there's like a pink. There's so, there's some sort of a a process where it's the two senators from the state, right, right, that 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 have to approve it, and mm-hmm. I, I, otherwise, I think they're just hired. Yeah. So it's that has been slow going, huh? 
And that's probably the reason why. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because we had to get Merrick Garland in, and we know yes. that that had to, Mitch slow rolled that. Mm-hmm. We, they, there was that whole power sharing agreement because we're 50, you know, 50 50 in the Senate. Uh, so it's, you know, he, he was put as long as he could hold on to power, Mitch McConnell did. You'd think he's in power. You'd think he was running the Senate the way, you know, uh, he's, he's, it, it just seems to me that there's not enough of a resistance in the Senate. I feel like we need some, we just need some fresh blood in there, you know, on the Democratic side to put up some resistance. That's the thing that has gotten me this, this last four years is the, the, as our institutions were crumbling, you know, there, people were not standing up. I mean, a lot of people did, like Eric Swalwell has been s- screaming from the hills and, and you know, uh, this whole time. A lot of people in the, um, my, my guy, uh, oh God, uh, what he, he was the head of the um, Intelligence Committee in the first um, uh, uh, impeachment Schiff. Schiff. Yeah, Schiff. He's he's the uh, representative of my uh, district in L.A. Um, you know, he's a, another one, a great patriot. But where are those fighters? We need those fighters. That's why I'm so glad the never-Trumpers, the uh, Republicans who are kind of scrappy, like the Lincoln Project, I'm glad they didn't go down because they're scrappy. You know, they're, they're, they're you know, they've, they've got um, uh, stick-to-itiveness and, and they're not embarrassed of their ruthlessness and we kind of need them right now. Yeah, they say, we'll go, we go low so you don't have to. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, Jane. Again, can you uh, let everybody know uh, how to find Direct Relief and, and where to give? Well, of course, you can go to my Twitter banner, but it's uh, directrelief.org, and there's a donate um, button on e- every page, and you can read about what they do. Like I said, they don't throw parades for themselves. They just do the work, and I love that about them, the humility and the effectiveness. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Everybody, check out The Good Fight, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and The Weakest Link. Yes. I, that's It's so cool. You are The Weakest Link. Do you Bye. remember the... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> She was fantastic. And of course, her name's escaping me now. And I'm sure people are screaming it at us. But she was amazing. And what a high bar she set for for anybody to host that show. Well, that's wonderful. And and I'm, I'm immediately started to think of uh, what was the Kenneth game show from 30 Rock Gold Case. Remember? Gold no, Case? I don't. But he was the host of that. Jack it was McBrayer? a game show he came. It was a game show he came up with, and it's like the one where you pick the cases. Do you know what? I auditioned to host that show, and I can't think of the name. <laughs> it's so complicated. I I didn't understand it. Yeah, so I was thinking of Deal or No Deal, but it but this this game show that Kenneth came up with is that the the models hold suitcases, and one of them is full of gold. But because they're so heavy, because a f- suitcase full of gold is so heavy, the model holding it was like struggling to to hold it up. So everybody always won. They were like that one. <laughs> <laughs> but weakest link. What a what a great show that is. That's yeah. a that's that one's got a, a good history and and a, like just this wonderful solid track record. I love it. It does, and you need a bit of a reference level to to um, watch it because it's it's art questions, literature, history you know, culture. It's, 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 um, and then of course we have some pop culture questions too. I think they slip in a Kardashian question every now and again, but, uh, for the most part, you, you need a bit of a well-rounded reference level to play. So it's very challenging to, you know, and to watch it from home. I, I think it's a real, a real gas. Yeah. What a great get. I'm so glad that you're hosting that. Oh, I'll totally you. check it out. So, uh, just have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for talking to us today. Jane Lynch. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. appreciate it. 
Hello, everyone. This is AG for the Daily Beans, and this portion of the pod is brought to you by American Giant. In this modern era of shoddy mass-produced manufacturing and the planned obsolescence of products expiring before they should, filling our landfills, it's important to look at the craftsmanship of the past to help us forge a better future. Bayard Winthrop, CEO and founder of American Giant, grew up with a sweatshirt from the 50s in his closet that his dad gave him. Today, it's still there, and it looks better than ever. With that durable sweatshirt in mind, American Giant was launched with the classic full-zip hoodie as their flagship product. I have it. It's amazing. And they're trying to revive local manufacturing and craft quality clothing made to last a lifetime so it doesn't end up in the landfills. Uh, Slate magazine called it the greatest hoodie ever made. This is their classic full zip hoodie. Slate says, but there really is no comparison between American Giant's hoodie and the competition. It looks better and substantially more durable. When you wear this hoodie, you'll wonder why all other clothes aren't made this well. American Giant is obsessed with every detail of this hoodie, so you'll be obsessed with it too. I love mine. They even brought uh, a former Apple industrial designer to help during the design process. It's 100% American made with custom developed heavyweight cotton fleece, reinforced elbow patches to protect against wear, and a durable double-lined hood and metal hardware. It's all built to last a lifetime. When I first tried it on, I was so impressed with the amazing feel. It's cozy, it's slimming, it's got side panels for more mobility, and it's more durable and well-made than any other hoodie I've worn. So I definitely agree. It is the greatest hoodie ever made. So get your classic full-zip hoodie at American-Giant.com today and use promo code DAILYBEANS at checkout for 15% off your first order. That's 15% off when you use code DAILYBEANS at American-Giant.com. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we're blowed on good news. It's on the way. Uh, it's Monday. That means Dana's here. I love the Monday good news. It's always so great to to have this, <laughs> just these gems on a Monday. This first one. I know we have a few things to say before then, but I'm almost jealous that you get to read it. Keep going, though. <laughs> <laughs> the picture. Sometimes the you know the text is so long that we have to scroll to see the pictures, but not this one. It's just right there in your face, and it's amazing. And it's from anonymous pronoun she and her. Hey, AG and DG, love the podcast. Super smart and entertaining. In the misheard lyrics category, I know you mentioned wrapped up like a douche, but I was wondering if I'm the only one who hears and a little hurly burly gave my anus curly whirly and asked me if I needed a ride. <laughs> Um, no, I'll be walking, thanks, after what you just did to my butthole, for pet tax. <laughs> I have my bulldog, Rudy, and my golden Nico. Um, no, I'll be walking, thanks, after what you just did to my butthole. That's got to be a, a line. I just want that to be a line of, that I push somewhere. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it needs, to, it needs to be said. That sentence has to be repeated at some... At some at juncture. Some, some opportunity. Speaking of golden opportunities, by the way, Kevin Sorbo... Uh, he tweeted today. Uh, and again, I just don't know. I mean, it's he just makes it so easy. He said, wait, the Oscars are tonight? I completely forgot. I had about 60 replies. Oh, yeah. In, a, in the 10 seconds. But the one I went with is, well, they've been forgetting about you for decades. Nice. Well done. What a... One of my favorite people to watch other than you troll that guy is Alexandra Billings. If you're not following Alexandra Billings on Twitter, it is amazing. She is on it with him and it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. She's so good. She's so good. Well, when he sets you up like that, I mean... Exactly. I forgot about the Oscars. Really? That's You're going to say that in public? Kevin Sorbo. Yep. Okay. That's amazing. All right. Next one's from Michael, pronouns he and him. Hey, Beans Queens, I have two what the mutts for you. Our little dog, Oliver, a.k.a. Doodle, 
aka little shit, and our big dog, Rowan, aka Bud. We have no clue what Oliver is, but I would appreciate your expertise. Our little Oliver is just about to turn <laughs> We're 17. We're so bad at this. What you, I know. What our, expertise. our expertise. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Uh, after <laughs> I'm mean, seriously, after two torn CCLs and one dislocated hip because his brother landed on him. Jesus. Our little doodle just a little try saying that. Our little doodle just keeps chugging along with five teeth and plenty of energy steel bones from his brother. Oh my god, this dog is adorable. Oh, they're both so cute. <gasps> I scrolled to see the puppy. <laughs> oh, oh, the puppy. All right, so which one is Rowan? Okay. Which one is Rowan is uh, the the big dog? So Rowan to me looks like looks like he's got Wheaton Terrier. I agree, and maybe some lab, not lab, uh, golden retriever. Chow Chow. I'm just going to put that in there. They're everywhere, and, uh, and sweet uh, little eyes. Maybe gosh. there's like a Maltese mixed in there. Yeah, right. Just a tiny little dog, right? Some something small. All right, let's see. What okay. do we got? Labradoodle. Oh, Labrador. Okay. I didn't know that. Hope this brought a smile to your face. I, I wouldn't. Are we sure this is the right picture? <laughs> I'm not sure this is the picture that goes with what we're supposed to be doing. Like, AG, I feel like this one is legitimately not our fault. I don't know. Yeah. There's that... no way that's a Labradoodle. <laughs> Neither of those two are Labradoodles. <laughs> Apparently. And there was a fucking hint, too. They call him, what his nickname is Doodle. Yeah. But I, I was like, that's yeah. not no, a Labradoodle. There's got to be something be doodle going on. for some other reason. Yep. Not our fault this time, but we'll figure out. Yeah. We're going to do some research to figure out what went terribly wrong during that one. Okay. Either way, these dogs yeah. are adorable. I I, uh, I appeal the ruling of the DNA. I do as well. <laughs> Just an adorable dog, though. Uh, all right. Next up from Grandma J. Pronouns she, her. Dear Beans Queens, I've been listening since Grandpa J turned me on to you during the kitchen days. You were a sanctuary when the orange guy came along. My good news involves my grandpa's best birthday present ever. He turned 66 years old on Sunday, and our oldest son and his wife gave grandpa his favorite pie, strawberry rhubarb, for his birthday. And when we opened the box with the pie in it, there was a picture of an ultrasound. <gasps> we couldn't be happier. Sorry, no pet tax. Sonogram instead. Tee-hee. Oh, look at the little peanut. Oh, that's so wonderful. Congratulations. Congratulations. So, so sweet. All right. More good stuff. This is from Mama C, pronouns she and her. Hello, ladies of the Illuminati and fair followers. I have a couple of good news pieces. Last year, I took my first Coursera class. Coursera class in COVID-19 contact tracing. Oh. hmm. Yeah, Coursera is giving classes on contact tracing. thank you. I was like, what language is that? In October 1st, I started college. Fantastic. Well, I just received an invitation to the NCLS, the National Society of Leadership and Success. I'm still taking classes and I'm holding... Oh, you said yay. I was like, what do I do now? Um, I'm still taking classes and I'm holding on to a 4.0 GPA. Every time I have to respond to a post I disagree with, I hear AG's voice saying, make sure to put it in a compliment sandwich. (laughs) You and the audience helped me find what I truly want to be when I grow up. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that. That's such a sweet way to say it, too. I know, right. And yeah, I, I don't always practice the compliment sandwich on Twitter, uh, as illustrative as illustrated by my response to Kevin Sorbo. Um, but, you know, some people don't deserve this. Well, it's yeah. only a compliment sandwich if there's a compliment in there somewhere. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, 
Next up from Chris, she, her in Portland. Hey, Chris. Hello, ladies of the bean. This isn't exactly good news or a confession or any of the regular segments, but in response to C's good news on the guilty on all counts episode regarding your doggo's not cancer, I want to say, please, please keep an eye on that fat spot. If it grows at all, or if you think may uh, even think maybe have it removed. My cat Tesla had a non-cancerous fatty lump that was actually an extremely aggressive cancer that just didn't biopsy well. Don't wait until you're really, really sure it's growing. If you think it is, have them remove it. We finished Tesla's last radiation treatment last week. I got my second vaccine on Tuesday, so I guess that's my good news. Pet tax is miserable post-bath Tesla and Baba in the window annoyed at the world. I mean, what cat likes to be bathed? Maybe there's some out there. They're rare breeds, I guarantee. God, that's cute. Yeah, and that's that's what happened to boobs, too, my pod pet. Um, had a fatty lump and the, they were like it's just a fatty lump and then it grew and grew and so I went back and they're like oh yeah that's cancer take that out oh my goodness and if I had if I had had it removed when it when I first found it you know wouldn't have been an issue so good thing to keep an eye on indeed great great advice great advice this is from Dave pronouns he and him meet our new bird Dobby oh. we lost our two pet birds a few weeks back when an electric heater oh melted down Goodness. So we adopted him from a rescue operation in Bend, Oregon. It was about eight hours in the car, but well worth it. Dobby is cute, and I hope Dobby is chatty. It's a little cockatiel, huh? So sweet. Yes. Adorable. Next up from Tiffany, pronouns she, they. Great news. Oh, my God. Sorry, I scrolled and got the picture. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now I have to. Oh, okay. Great news, everyone in my family is now fully vaccinated. I can go see them and hug people so long as it's uh, so long it's going to get awkward. <laughs> hug people <laughs> so, so me long too, it's going to get Me too, Tiffany, me same same. Yeah. Uh, here's a misheard lyric from you too, but I still haven't found the Lopinthor the Lopinthor. What is that? I don't know. <laughs> still haven't found the Lopinthor. What can I say? I was in elementary school. Mythical beasts Ah, were a daily topic of conversation, and it seemed totally reasonable that Bono was desperately seeking the elusive Lopenthor. Pet tax <laughs> would make an awful what the mutt, since anyone who doesn't say Amstaff obviously has never seen a dog. But this is nap time at our house. The cat, Greg Maddox, <laughs> oh my is in charge of the house. At over 11 years old, Penny, the good girl, is three, rescued from an abandoned litter at four weeks, and only year three of being spoiled stupid in her forever home. Love everything you do. I'm so grateful for the special vibe DG brings in. Keep on being fantastic. Oh, my God. Tiffany, you, this to me is like a picture that goes in a frame at frame stores. Like this should be in every frame that they're trying to sell the frame for in every store. Yeah, this is a national ad. Definitely. I hope it's high resolution. That is fantastic. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Thank you for that. So great. What a great segment today. Yes. Yeah, wonderful news stories. And and please send us whatever you've got, whatever you're into. Send it to, well. Not whatever you're into. AG, back it up. (laughs) (laughs) Walking it back. Walking walking it back. back. (laughs) Uh, Please send us good news corrections, the games we're playing. If you have an idea for a new game, you can do it all at dailybeanspod.com. And click on contact. That's also where you can sign up to be a patron so you can get these episodes ad-free and early. And you can join us on our Friday happy hour Zoom at 4 p.m. Pacific time, which is just a great time. Uh, but anyway, we yeah, we had a really great time on Friday. I was making up show tunes. Uh, it, it was, I don't know, it was fun. <laughs> uh, but anyway, 
uh, that's it. That's. Do you have any uh, uh, final thoughts before we get out of here for on this Monday? No, I, I don't think I do. And this week, just you know, have a great beginning to your week. I can't wait to be back in your ears tomorrow morning. Yeah, wonderful. Everybody, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and take care of your mental health, and take care of the planet. I've been AG, and I've been DG, and them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. Hey, everybody, do not miss our Daily Beans after party on the Stereo app. We'll be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Dana and I want to hear from you. Our last Stereo show went a little bit like this. What about you, ladies? What are your favorite nonsensical songs? The most weird, bizarre, silly stuff you can think of that you've heard through music. Thank you very much for all you do. Um, hope you're all well. Talk to you soon. Bye now. Oh my God, A-G-I. So I have an older gay brother. I don't know if that's relevant to the story, but I feel like it is because he had the B-52s on the record. So it was like, you know, we were into the, has anybody seen a dog died dark green, sunglasses and a bonnet, designer jeans with appliques on it. You're like, what? Keeps the rain. Like, I'm like, how many drugs was that person on? Uh, nonsensical songs. You're so much better at this than I am. So you go first because I bet you've already thought of one and I'll try and think of one. Um, my favorite nonsensical songs come from They Might Be Giants, for example. Oh, yes. Boat of Car is really good. And then, of course, I'm going down to Cowtown. A cow's a friend to me. Lives beneath the ocean. That's where I will be beneath the waves. The waves. And that's where I will be. I'm going to see the cow beneath the sea. Yeah. There you go. No. Although, were they talk? Was he whale watching? Is it really that obscure? <laughs> you won't answer any questions about their lyrics. I, I've asked multiple times. Oh my uh, god! The best I, can I, lo- get I love them. Their- oh, go ahead, go ahead. The best I can get out of them is the explanation of uh, "Birdhouse in Your Soul," which we already yeah. knew, right? Right. So. Not to put too fine a point on it. Say I'm only being your bonnet. Yeah, it's sung from house the point of soul. view. Uh, sung from the point of view of a, a bluebird nightlight in the bathroom. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I love that song. It's one of my favorite ones.